Submission Coalition Podcast number 75, with the man himself from Rise of a Warrior, Daniel Donaldson. All right, you on? Is that you? That's me. What up? All right. So I'm assuming you're just uh, you're on audio only. Oh, okay. I mean, video is not required. We normally just do the audio, but. Uh... Oh, all right. No worries. I didn't know. I thought we were going to do that. It said Zoom. I said, okay, let's do it. Let's do the video thing. It's all good. Yeah. No. Right now, all I'm seeing is just a. Uh, uh, a blue dot with a telephone on it or a green dot with a uh, telephone. Okie dokie. <laughs> Are you recording? When did you start recording it or not? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've learned that lesson. So <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, we, we've done a couple where, uh, you know, everybody started and was having a great time and we neglected to hit record. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's we, cool. Uh, we, we, we I've lost never, that. You, go ahead. No, I was saying when you sent that, the, the link, the way that it was sent, it was, I had, I clicked on the Chicago one. Is that the way? Oh, it, is crap. It, you, you just... Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, all right. It just gave me a list of a bunch of numbers. So I just clicked one of them and I was like, yep, there we go. Yeah, there's, so um, well, there's the, there's all those telephone numbers. And then there's the uh, uh, the one that's the HTTPS. That's the one like mm-hmm. if you're on a computer system and like that'll actually bring up the uh, the the online one instead gotcha. of dialing in as a uh, as a phone number. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, all these all these apps I've never used Zoom before ever in my life. Yeah, we we never used it until uh, COVID hit, and then oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah, you know, and then all of a sudden I mean. Zoom and uh, other devices like it, I mean, suddenly became, you know, really, uh, really big and popular. Yeah, no doubt. Man, so yeah. how are things going? Things are good, man. I, I, I've been, uh, I'm putting on another show. I'm doing July 16th. Yep. So I've yep. been, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to pump that out and get the word out now so I can get all the locals around here ready. Cause yeah, because we were looking show- at, because uh, it was weird, because you guys had, you guys had your date, and then we were also looking at combat night. We were like, "Oh, okay, good. They're they're a week apart." And then yeah, I know, I know. And then combat uh, night moved theirs, and then yeah, <laughs> I know it's all good. Like a lot of people know, like me and Mitchell and Richard, and we, and we all came up together in this. So it's like some things like this happen. Like we've had our shows yeah. on the same days before, but but behind the scenes, we help each other. We help each other, you know, find fighters and and help promote it. I'm always sharing their stuff and vice versa. And I knew that they were the 23rd and I actually had a couple uh, pros that were supposed to, one was booked and one we were looking for uh, an opponent for. And um, then Mitchell called me and I was like, no, don't say it. And he's like, I have to, the venue. And it's like, no sweat. So I'll probably move right. my, my pros to their, I'll move my pros to their, uh, to their Tallahassee event. And then, uh, and I'll be good to go. I'll still, you know, I'm lucky around here. This area loves fights. They love it. I could, I could do a a kickboxing match box. It doesn't matter what I do. And people will show in this area that 
this is definitely like a fight town. That's some awesome. Weird, you know, you saw the crowd, you know, you, oh, when yeah, you guys that, came. That, that it was, was awesome. I mean, for, for, yeah. for an amateur show on the treasure coast in Fort Pierce, there's, there's not much to do in this area. So when I say there's a show, they support it. The people around here love it, you know? Yeah. Which, yeah, I mean, when, when, when we fought on that card, the, we were commenting about just the general energy of the crowd. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, cause there's, um, there's, definitely, there's, there's always that hometown vibe, you know, there's always the, 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 you know, big cheers for the hometown fighter. You know, we were, we mm-hmm. were coming in and I loved it cause um, Alex came out and uh, I think it was on his first takedown. I heard people behind us in the crowd, you know, they, they didn't uh-huh. know Alex's name, but you know, they yeah, started yeah. being like, you know, go blue corner. You know, uh-huh, uh-huh. and I mean, yeah, and they yeah. were just, they were just enjoying uh, an amazing fight. I mean, at that point, they, yeah. they were, they were yeah. more, more celebrating the fact that, I mean, both guys were throwing down and doing a phenomenal job, you know, rather than, than, you know, only, only cheering for one side. I mean, they were actually enjoying the fact that, I mean, both guys were, were fighting their heart out. Yeah, yeah I get it. I'm, I'm honestly super lucky in the, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm blessed by this area like i think about it all the time and i don't know if i would do well in other do as well as i do in other cities that i do in this town right here because the build up rise of a warrior started in 2010 i think the first show was and now i make a post it gets shared everywhere everyone everyone knows when it's coming up we put banners um up and down virginia and on us one in fort pierce Word gets spread around. I get calls nonstop from people who have never even been to shows before. Um, a lot of people walk up and buy tickets day of because they know that they can. Right. I, don't have, I don't have it set up where everybody has to buy uh, their tickets online. It's really like homegrown. It's definitely like a local thing right here. Well, I mean, that's where, you know, it's kind of interesting when you look at the uh, how quickly – the evolution of MMA, which, I mean, MMA has always been grassroots. I mean, you look mm-hmm. at MMA's origins and its history and everything else. I mean, you want to talk about a, a grassroots, you know, birth and explosion. I mean, that's MMA. I mean, yeah, it's, no it, doubt. It's, it's always been, you know, the people <laughs> on the streets that the diehards and everything else that, that, you know, that, that really push things forward you know, and the like, and you look, when you look at, I mean, I remember when, uh, when we, I mean, we're, we're only in Florida now for 13 years and we were, we were California based prior to that. And mm-hmm. right, really, right, right. What, really not much of a difference between the two when it comes to the, uh, you know, MMA and, and fighting and the way people, you know, the way people support each other and the like, it's, it's pretty comparable. But I remember when we came out here and we first started some of the first fights, it was exactly that it was all paper tickets you know, the promoters would, would usually come by the gym, hand us uh, yeah, an envelope yeah, yeah. and be like, you know, yep. hey, here's, here's your 50 tickets. And then we show up at the venue. Yep. Um, I still do our- that. I still, yeah, I still do that to this day. I, I go around to the gyms here locally and, and I talk to the, to the owners or, or the instructors and I get them pumped. I give them freebies. I still do it to this day. It's, I've been doing it since, since, since the promotion started. Um, I don't really, I don't believe in all in doing it all online. I still like to get out there and, and, and meet with, with the people, you know what I'm saying? Meet the fighters right. and, 
and give, give them fighters, you know, give them tickets to sell and get them pumped and their families involved. And that's, that's how I do it. I, it's, I love it that way. You know, I don't want to stay at home and, and just do it from the house, you know? Right. Right. So you said you, you started Rise of a Warrior about 12 years ago. I didn't personally, there was a, a couple guys who came, who, who started a, um, they started a, a, a fight clothing company called Infuse Fight Gear. And I, okay. I believe it was in 2000. Yeah, it was, it was in 2010. It was, it was two guys and they, they didn't really know much about MMA. I mean, they, I think they looked at it as probably a, a business venture and they were coming to our, I, at the time I, I was a American top team under Dean Thomas. And we had the only mixed martial arts gym in town for the most part. There was a couple other little ones here and there. And they were coming around and they were trying to sell their infused fight gear clothing to us. And we became friends with these guys. And, and they said, uh, we're going to start uh, amateur MMA became legal in Florida, which we all knew when it was announced. And cause we were going to start getting our amateurs fights because at that time me and Dean were driving guys up to Georgia and Louisiana and Mississippi and all these different places. That's where I got to, uh, that's why I, I like bit, sunk my teeth into MMA, like being on the road was going up to those, those, uh, those states and going to those smaller amateur shows. Um, then it became legal in Florida. And then uh, they were coming around selling their stuff and needing, they didn't even want to start the show yet. What they did was they brought in another company to help promote the show. And I can't even remember the name. It was like, extreme fighting something and it was out of georgia and it was a company i think that it was three it was another set of three guys and one of those guys was richard cox and richard cox was the was the matchmaker of the event and that's how i met rich so the first yeah so the first rise of a warrior show was in 2011 and richard cox was the matchmaker for the first i want to say two or three two or three shows and then something happened with the owners because there were so many of them at the time. Um, there was a split, and then I ended up uh, with the matchmaker's job. So I was the matchmaker up until two thousand, until up until Rise of Warrior twelve, and then that's when they decided they weren't going to do shows anymore. Oh wow! So yeah, so yeah, I think it was like right, right around two thousand and thirteen. And then that I took over at Rise of a Warrior 13 by myself. So, yeah, so I've been at it for about 10 years by myself with it. Nice. Yeah. So um, it's been fun. I mean, I love it. I, 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 I try to do them three or four times a year around here. And at the same time, I still teach around here locally. I teach kickboxing at a local MMA gym, um, you know, and keeping everybody involved, you know, with, with fighting in the area. Right. So with uh, with with Rise of Aware, I mean, especially as as long as you guys have been uh, been operating, um, I mean, what what are some of your uh, most memorable, you know, events or most memorable memories that uh, that have happened? I mean, that's, that's a lot of events. well, in, in the the beginning of Rise of a Warrior was was kind of wild because they used to do like a tournament style, they would do a tournament style. Uh, uh, like brackets and pay the winner of this tournament out of a, like a sponsorship, like a sponsor situation. So we had guys that were in this tournament that have like, like Charles Rosa was in it. He, Char- Charles Rosa was in it, Chad Livingston, a couple other names who've actually gone really far in the sport. Like I've had, 
it, even back then, like Mike Perry fought, it was a 170 pound tournament. And they were, I think the, the winner of that was going to get like a $5,000 sponsor check from Infuse Fight Gear, the company that they had. Um, so back then it was like, uh, it was much different. There was really, uh, the area was, it was super new to the area and, and the marketing back then was crazy. The, these dudes that owned it then had a, uh, had, uh, I guess you could say they had deep pockets and they would do things like, uh, put their, the promotion on billboards on 95. Wow. So the name really got out there in this area about. MMA, cage fighting. Dean Thomas was the commentator. Um, Mike Perry was fighting. These, before these guys were even, you know, famous, these dudes were fighting. There was a, there's been a, a ton of UFC fighters that are currently in the UFC that have that have that have fought on Rise of a Warrior. And I, for me, when I think of uh, when I think back, I'm like, man, I can't believe that Alex Nicholson fought on my card, or um, uh, who, who else? Uh, Cheyenne Vislamas and Jillian Robertson and a lot of fighters came up and they're, they're in the UFC now. So that's something that I always think back. I'm like, man, I got the show. I own the show that all these, all these cats came from, you know, it's, it's kind of cool. Cause then I'll see them on TV. And then my sons are like, dad, you remember when they fought? Remember when you matched, you, they fought on rise of warrior 14. You remember that you match made them. I'm like, yeah, no, I remember. So that's kind of cool for us. Yeah. No, that's kind of awesome. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, there's, you know, with, uh, with events of that nature, I mean, there's so much history when uh you know and like i said there's so much evolution that's uh that's taken place you know over the uh over the years I, I'm, I'm yeah no i hear you i'm being kicked out of my space it's kind of funny <laughs> it's my space but i'm getting kicked out <laughs> but yeah that's uh that's i mean like like way back in the day um you know which actually i think there's a resurgence of it going on right now I mean, I remember in the early days, all the different clothing companies that were trying to come out, you know, they, you know, they would, they would grab onto a word, you know, a word that was popular and then Uh plaster that word on their shirts and things of that nature. And that would become their, their brand. Um, Yeah. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. I get it because. Yeah. And then, and then most of them didn't last. I mean, they, uh, they they turned and burned so quickly, then then everything kind of slowed down a little bit. I think we're kind of back to that resurgence right now of because it, it's there's a ton of new new brands, new uh, gear companies, new uh, you know that that are that are kind of jumped back in, which I, I think is is kind of showing a um, a regrowth of MMA's popularity. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I I, I know exactly what you mean too because there'd be times where I it'd be a guy that would come from an hour away and show up with us, show up on us at American top team. And he'd say, we've got a, yeah, we just started a company called heavy hitters. Right. Or right. <laughs> Sin- Sin- yeah. Sinister and, and uh, villain, villain fight gear and all these different things would pop up out of nowhere. And they will work a deal with you. You guys can have 25% to sell it in your, sell it in your pro shop for us. And, we just be like, man, we're 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 selling our own stuff. Like we're selling our own shirts. We've got our own logos on our own things. Like this, this right. doesn't work, you know. And that was a constant thing for us. So I was a the program director for an American Top Team. Dean Thomas had an American Top Team here in Fort St. Lucie, and I signed up at I was his one of his first students that signed up on his grand opening weekend in 2004, and wow. that's when I started training. Yeah. 
And um, after about a year, after about a year, I was helping out with the office and teaching some some kids classes. And my sons were in the programs too. My, I have a son that's 18 and and one that's 22. So I, this was this this was 2005, 2006. At this point, they were in my they were in my my kids program. So um, I was in in and out of the office all day long, and that would be a thing. It'd be a, a, a fight. It would be a, a fight, new fight team uh, shorts that just came out or, or shirts and hats. And they'd, they would be awful. Some of the names would be so awful, but it was such a thing back then. I remember it happening all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I, I, I kind of see that resurgence um, happening right now within like the last couple of years of all the new mm-hmm. the new upstarts. And, you know, I, I think a lot of it has to do with, I mean, shoot, I get hit up probably – probably at least 10 times or more a week of you know, wow. face, Facebook or the like of people like, you know, check out my wares. Um, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you know, of yeah, all these, because sure. could be truly speaking, there's very little, most of these companies now are almost all using the same groups to make their stuff. It's, it's kind of funny that because uh, most most of the stuff right now, uh, it's it's China or Pakistan. You know, it's sure. very rare. Absolutely. If you're if you're working with somebody that's in the U.S., typically speaking, they're not manufacturing it. They're they're just a middleman. You know, that maybe puts For the sure. art together and then they shoot it off to somebody yeah, overseas. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Except for except for a few groups, like I think Origin is one of the few that uh, you know I think they actually do promote that they are true American made. Um, you know, even, uh, what they do, they, I thought I heard a podcast where they bought a loom so that they could make their own fabrics. Um, <laughs> it was even when they said that they were trying to get it to where like, you know, their, their geese were being actually made here in the States, but they still had to buy their fabric overseas. Cause you couldn't get, Oh, wow. You know, okay. and so that. they, they went out and bought a loom so that they could yeah. make their own fabric so that they could truly say. You know, but most of the others, I mean, it's like I said, it's it's kind of funny how I mean, there's a lot of them that actually use the same. So, so these companies, like I said, I get hit at least ten times a week, if not more. You know, of of these different people. You know, check check out my stuff. Yeah. You know, we can make. I've even i I've even I've been put in a position not too long ago, like recently, a couple times where. It was either a, a student of mine who's been training a couple of years or a friend who's closely involved in MMA, maybe like a paddle. I've got, I don't remember, but where I've had to say like, Hey man, like this is, this is the history of like where these companies end up. And I've seen, and I've listed, I've listed probably seven or eight of them that I know that have started and ended within a year. And it's like clockwork with some of some of these uh, little companies that start out. Buy my shirts, buy my shirts, buy my rash guards, buy my shorts. Uh, as a name of one, my buddy came up with one. It was going to be on-site, on-site MMA products, whatever it was. And I was like, man, and it was going to be like a little scope, like a like a uh, okay. for a gun. And I was like, bro, like you need to do your research. You're going to dump money into this thing. And you need to see if this is a thing where somebody else owns it. And, this, if, and right. then after, after a couple conversations, she's like, oh, you know, maybe you're right. I mean, you're about to put ten or $15,000 into this thing. Like you need to, 
And, you know, some of these guys have only been around the sport for a couple of years. So they didn't, maybe they didn't see what we saw 10, 15, 20 years ago where these companies were popping up all over the place. Yeah. So, well, and then, yeah, and then it was interesting because, like, when you look at, like, the, the origins of the UFC. So when you, uh-huh. go to, when you go to shows like, like Rise of a Warrior or you go to some of the others, okay, and you mm-hmm. see a uh, fighter walking out, maybe they got a fight shirt, and it's listing all of their uh, uh, sponsors. Right. Okay. So I remember the UFC was exactly that way. I mean, the individual fighters were able to come out and and a lot of the fighters got to the point where they were making um, as much, if not more money based off their sponsors than they were Mm -hmm. actually fighting Mm -hmm. until the UFC grew to a point where they said, no, that's, that's not happening anymore. And um, if you remember, like there was the one, I think it was Rico Rodriguez that uh, did a Mm -hmm. temporary tattoo on his back. Yeah, it was goldenpalace.com, yes. maybe something and like that. And they almost right? yeah. didn't let him fight. They almost scrapped the uh the thing because you know at that point, you know, that was when uh the big the big brouhaha because the UFC got so so big that they wanted to control all the sponsors, um, and, and still do. I mean, that's that's their new model. I mean, where everybody comes in and has to wear their uniforms and and the like. Um, you know, and you know, it was interesting, you know, when like uh, uh, my son fought for the uh, the PFL and when when we got there, I mean, literally anything that I had that had a logo could not be mm-hmm. used. I mean, a it's, Ziploc yeah, bag. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, li- it, it's so wild. It's so wild to think because I have I have locals that I have locals that fight on my card and, and they'll tell me, Oh man, I made seven or $800 on sponsors. And I'm like, that's crazy. Good. Like, I'm really happy for them. But then at the same time, like <clears throat> I've looked at contracts and stuff that have came from bigger organizations that say no sponsors, nothing yes. on any of your stuff. So you can't make a dime. And I remember back in the day when like, uh, you know, uh, fighters that I knew in the UFC, from like American top team and guys that I would talk to would say that they were making more money on sponsors than they were from their UFC contract itself. Yes. Which is insane, which is insane to me because you're, Oh my God, you made $10,000 on sponsors, but you made two and two from, from the UFC. It's kind of crazy. If you think right. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's why, to be honest with you, that's why, you know, I love, I love organizations like, you know, like rise of warrior. I mean, it still feels so genuine to MMA's roots, you know, it, it, it still cool. feels, yeah, I mean, cause, cause unfortunately as, as some of these businesses get around for a while, like you said, the easiest one's the UFC, cause that's the biggest one. It started off, you know, obviously, I mean, it, it was the flame that launched this whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. So it didn't really have much to compare itself to, but I mean, I do remember though, <clears throat> that in its heyday, the UFC almost died, you know, with, uh, I remember yeah. when, 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 you know, when the U S government Senator John McCain and the like were anti MMA and, and questionably, mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, questionably why, you know, it, it's, there's a lot of speculation out there that there was pressure from some of, you know, his, uh, his 
people, you know, that uh, were more connected to boxing to, to say, right. you know, you got to get rid of this. But it's interesting, though, that, I mean, there was a time period when it was banned from cable. And the only way you could catch it was to either be live or somehow have like a satellite, you know, satellite type feed. And it was that it was that grassroots. We're not going to give up attitude that saved MMA. Um, and unfortunately, I almost kind of feel like when the UFC got to a point, they forgot that, you know, that that they forgot that they they kind of exist off the blood, sweat and tears of other people's you know, work. And I think they yeah. kind of forgot that when they started to close off, you know, where they said, no, no, you can't, you can't show any other sponsors. It can, you know, it's, it's gotta be UFC uniforms. And, and, and part of it, I get it. I mean, to an extent, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think it's, it's interesting when you're looking at a fight and you, know, you watch the show and you see, you know, everything looks clean and, and it looks proper and, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and at times, I mean, almost looks a little too sterile. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Nah, yeah, yeah. And that's where, you know, like I, uh, said, when, when I go to local shows, when I go to Rise of Warriors and things of that nature, that to me feels so genuine. You know, when 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 you look at what the heart of MMA actually is. You know, yeah, like, no, I understand. I get what you're saying. Yeah, like UFCs that I've been to, um, I'm amazed by what's going on behind the scenes to make what's happening happen. Yes. I, I look. You know what I mean? I don't know. There was a, I remember being in, I think I was in Anaheim for, uh, it was Daniel Cormier against Stipe Miocic, the one where Daniel was dropped by the body shots. And yes. uh, Nate Diaz fought Ant, uh, Anthony Pettis on the same card. And from where I was, I was able to, it was, I had really good seats and I was able to see the workers working and all of the people moving and doing what they were doing from the people who were walking the fighters to the cameramen, to the matchmakers, to the sanctioning body, to the referees moving around, just everything that was going on seemed so organized and clean and, and uh, uniformed. And I I cannot believe this machine that they've created from, from what I read, from what, Sucked me in. It was Gary Goodridge elbowing a guy. Yes, <laughs> uh, a hundred yeah, times. Like, that's what, yeah, like that's what did it for me. And like, two, I don't even remember what it was. Nineteen ninety-five. Right? I don't even remember. Um, it, it's insane. You know, it's crazy to me that that's this is what it is now. And then I go back and look at my show, and I'm like, I've got to tighten up. Like, I've got to change some things. So I'm more inspired sometimes by going to the bigger events and looking at what's going on behind the scenes. I was yes. just at FAC. I was just at FAC. Oh, you. So yeah, Donnie Bush is one of my guys, and he just fought someone your son fought recently, um, uh, Jonas Flock. And yes, when I was there, when I was there, we were in Minnesota. We were we flew up to Fargo, North Dakota, and uh, then we had to cross the border into Min- uh, Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. And I was more interested in what was going on behind the scenes. I thought it was, I was trying to see how they ran their promotion. I looked at like how many people they had working Cade side, um, you know, what they did, whether like they didn't rubber gloves weren't required, you know, to corner. There's just so many things that I was like, I can't, this is so crazy. Like all, every show is different. 
Every yes. show's different. Yeah, I've seen. Is. I've been to shows in. I've been to shows in bingo halls. I've been to shows in in uh, in nightclubs, bowling alleys, everywhere. You know, outside, and it all came from you know the U.S. When was their first show? Like 1992 or something? Uh, 93, like November. Yeah. Or like yeah, it's like November 11th or 12th or something like that in 1993. Yeah. So I I'm interested in kind of the behind the scenes of that always became of, my of my fascination. I. I got lucky enough to start off um, never connected to the UFC, never. I mean, other than being able to go to a show, but, you know, we had a lot of local stuff going on and I ended up with a decent amount of my friends and training partners that did end up fighting in, uh, in the UFC or fighting for, mm -hmm. uh, you know, some of them going over and doing a couple uh, shows in Japan, you know, or uh, if you remember like some of the old Bodog fights, um, you know, yeah, I do. I remember Bo. I remember Bodog well. I remember the the hype around that was was crazy. I forget the guy's name, Calvin something. And they were flying guys out to like Costa Rica and all these yes, different places. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, and I, I always found like you were talking about. I always found when when I went to the shows, um, when I had the opportunity, um, I always found myself being drawn more to the back room and watching how how the show is being put together, how the fighters were warming up, uh, what kind of coaching mentalities were, were being, you know, on display as the, the fighters getting prepped, you know, things of that nature. I mean, I love the fights, but I always found myself being more intrigued by that end than, than, than the, the fights themselves. I mean, I, I would watch probably a third of the fights on any given card and then right. kind of more just absorb the rest of it. Um, yeah, no, nah, I can com I completely understand that. I do. Um, I, that's what makes us MMA nerds, I guess. Do you <laughs> do you do you do you follow? Do you watch the shows? Like, if there's a show on a Saturday, will you watch the fights? Um, I pick like and at choose. home, like the UFCs. You pick yeah, and choose. No. I I, I'm, I have I'm to glued, pick and choose. Man, I mean, I'm I'm so busy. Um, yeah, no, nah, I understand. I don't even I don't even watch. I don't watch sports. It's been MMA since it's been MMA since the day I, I used yeah. to be big into fantasy, fantasy football. And I used to fantasy basketball and all these different things. I remember in, in 2001, 2002. And then when, uh, when the American top team opened up in town, it was a wrap for me. That was it. I was hooked and I never looked back. And now I just, yeah. uh, I just, I'm consumed by it. I'll, I'll uh, if I can, I'll watch, a whole show from start to finish on a Saturday. If I have time, if I don't have anything going on, I'm in. Right. Or if I'm at, if I, unless I'm at an, a show like this weekend, I'm um, doing, I'm helping out with the sanctioning for the combat night down in Fort Lauderdale. Okay. So I'll be doing that. I won't be, um, I'll either be judging or timekeeping or doing something, but uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, I'm involved with something, something's, something's, uh, if it's in person or it's on watching it on a Saturday, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm in, you know. And that's the thing we've been because I mean once I was never really I mean I played a lot of sports but I never cared to watch and then mm -hmm. once MMA hit the scene um, I mean I I was an encyclopedia I mean I I watched I studied I you know uh, if people asked me questions like right right up till probably about UFC seventy five or seventy six I mean mm -hmm. I, I, can, I can pretty much tell you 
the wins and losses and hows and, and everything. Oh, just wow. Every show. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, then it started to explode. Then it went big. And then shows mm-hmm. were happening so frequently. And then we started to get much more active ourselves. And so, like, there's there, like, there was one, one weekend not that long ago. Um, we, we were in, I think, five, five cities here in Florida in, in a, on a given Saturday. Um, oh, wow. We, we had, like, my, my wife and I were out in, uh, over by Tampa for an event. Mm-hmm. Um, our son was, uh, was in, uh, over by celebration for an event. We had some other yeah. people that were, you know, and, and so unfortunately that's, that's kind of how our, our weekends typically have gone now. Like, I mean, people ask me all the time, they're like, well, why don't you guys do Saturday classes? I'm like, cause I cancel them all the time. Like yep. Uh, yep. events pop yep. up and, and I'm like, so we just stopped doing them because, you know, on any, on any given Saturday, you know, we're, uh, you know, we're, we're always somewhere, you know, and anymore yeah. we're in more than one location. So even with, uh, with our group, you know, with, between my wife, my son and myself, I mean, we're even getting to the point where we're getting split up between, between locations. Um, yeah, know, and no, so, I get it. So now I just, I pick and choose, I follow, I mean, I, I watch the highlights. I, I look up the shows. I'll spend more time watching and going to the local shows than i do the ufc um, right yeah no i, I get it I, I hear you i'm i'm the same way i in fact me and richard cox were having a, a late night late night texting like three days ago and i was like i don't know what i would do i, I don't know what i would be doing with myself if i didn't find the sport and he was like me and you both brother yeah. because we're just we're all in we're all in we're 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 talking about local fights on the regional scene and we're talking about fights in the UFC, you know? Uh, and I'm, and I mean that I I really don't know what I'd be doing with myself. If it wasn't, wasn't, maybe I'd, maybe I'd still be like a program director of a martial arts gym or teaching or who, maybe even driving a truck. What, who knows? But <laughs> I, I, I wake up every day loving what I do. Like I have yeah. so much to do today. And when I wake up, I'm like, All right, I've got to tackle this list of things. I'm helping match make this show. I'm, sanctioning on this one uh, i gotta talk to sponsors here locally about about my show i gotta get uh graphics made for rise of warrior for that i got oh, there's things to do and i love it i love it yeah you know I, yeah I'm and that's the thing is, you know? one, one, once you're in i i this is uh i'm i'm just about to complete my first year of this being my only job um oh know, yeah really taking me you know almost 30 years to get there. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. this, 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 I'm completing my first year of being, I mean, this is where I put a post out the other day. Yeah. I was like, you know, are you a professional martial artist just because you get paid or is it when it actually becomes your profession? And I've been struggling with this mm-hmm. because I've been paid as a competitor i've been paid as a promoter i've been paid in a lot of capacities in the martial arts but right. it's never been my profession until this year um, right right, this, right, is, right. this is when now i mean i quit my job of 23 years uh which is actually that job is the reason why i'm even in florida you know i, I quit that uh-huh. job of 23 years 
gave up a really good safety net to to try to do this full time professionally. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and and because I mean, up until that, I mean, I've been doing this now. You know, uh, uh, I've been. We're, we're seven years as an academy here in Florida. We were 10 years prior to that, so 17 years. I took three years off in between. Um, and so, I mean, we've been, we've been doing our own academy and our own tournaments and our own fights. Yeah. You've almost, you've got, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So how many, you've done a couple, you've done a couple shows of your own, right? Yeah, here in Florida, we did, uh, uh, which was uh, Christian's brainchild. I've wanted to do one for a long time. And then, uh, I mean, it was one of those things where, um, you know, it, it's difficult when when you're trying to get, you know, and support a bunch of other people that are all doing the same thing. Um, so finally, when my son came to me and said that, that you know, he wants to do one, I was like, let's do it, buddy. So, yeah, we did. We did two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did you do two? I think I, his, I think I remember, I think I remember him talking to me. Hey man, let's talk, you know, if you have any fighters available on this date, I remember vaguely like that, uh, me and him talking about, about doing something like me sending some guys up there. And, did you and, guys do it at your, did you guys do it at your Academy or did you have no, a No, no, no. We, uh, uh, the two events that we did, we partnered with the, uh, uh, the local high school. And so we okay. were able to use the high school gymnasium. And yeah. we did, uh, we did mo- both events. We did them as fundraisers for the uh, wrestling programs. So, mm-hmm. so we, uh, uh, so we did them in the uh, uh, Deland high school gymnasium and, mm-hmm. and uh, both, <coughs> both shows were pretty good. Although one of them, you know, it was one of those where he's got his date and, you know, we're, we're probably only about three weeks away from that date, maybe four weeks away from that date. And then, you know, they're like, you know, talking about hurricanes and everything else. And so we ended up having to move one of the dates because a hurricane actually hit on the weekend that the, uh, the show was supposed to be. So one of them got moved a little bit, but, uh, and then one of them, which was actually kind of the, the, the more interesting one, you know, he is, we let it be his baby. We, we helped out. To, to kind of help run things and everything else. And, but I mean, he did all the matchmaking. Um, he put together the, cool. the card and, but it was one of those where as our date came up, um, I think this was when he got his tryouts for the ultimate fighter. Yeah. 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 He did. I think, I think we just had that. Conversation no, no, no. I'm sorry. Was... No, this was, uh, this was his contender series fight. So yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, huh. He, so, that's so funny. he wasn't, he, so he wasn't even at our second event. Right. Um, right, 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 right. Yep. He told me the same story. He said something about like, I, he was trying to watch it on his phone or he was yeah. trying to talk to people about what about this and what's going on with that. Yeah, he did. We, I think at my was, show, we had this conversation. It was hilarious because we're, we're <laughs> sitting there, you, you know, we're, we're running the show and we have, you know, some fighters on the card and, and, yeah, we're getting a text message from him. He's like, "Why is this fight going on right now? That's not the order I have." <laughs> That's awesome. Because <laughs> yeah, I, so, yeah. I know his, yeah, because I know his pain. Because I've never not been to, I've never not been to one of my shows. But I can only imagine like what would be going through my head 
Yeah. Because I have like my both my sons are involved and my girlfriend. I've got some, you know, a couple of guys around me. They're like my best friends and they all help me the weekend of set up. the. I own my own cage. So they help me with the cage. And then they, we all run over to the weigh-ins and run the weigh-ins. And I got one son helping fighters check into hotels. So I got so many moving parts to my event at once that's going on that I couldn't even imagine what he was thinking for yeah. like his first couple of events. Like well, I'm here and it's a big fight. And I have an event going on back home. Yeah, so, so yeah, he's so he's at the UFC, you know, at the PI and the Apex Center, mm-hmm. getting ready for mm-hmm. his fight, mm-hmm. and yeah. he's blowing up our phones. You know, so as soon as, as soon as that one was done, then I turned around, and uh, then I flew out on uh, I flew out on super early Monday morning to to right. get there for his weigh-ins for his fight, and then cornered him for his fight at the uh, contender series at the uh, apex center and then turned around and I was right back on the flight at like five o'clock in the morning on Wednesday morning. Uh I mean, I love, I love a week like that. I love a chaotic, crazy MMA week like that. Like that's, that's, that's what I do it for is those moments like that is where it's nonstop and it has everything to do with like traveling, a show, MMA, booking fights, not returning text messages right away. Right, just yeah. all of it together combined. It's like, and then when it's over, and I'm just, and it, I know that I got done with everything. I'm like, ah, oh, it's over. It's, it's, it's a, uh, it's cool. It's cool. I yeah. love it. Yeah, it's it, it's definitely uh, um, some of our guys over this weekend. Um, we were <laughs> at a, a combat night, and uh, a, a gentleman that has also fought for uh, Rise of the Warrior didn't have any corners, so. Um, our guys, uh, who, up, was, who was it? Do you remember? Uh, is it Anson? Oh, Anson, he's such a cool dude. Yeah, so he, uh, he, he didn't have any quarters. Yeah. I, I, I've helped him out now at a couple shows. Um, he was yeah. doing a kickboxing one on this one, and uh, yeah. so a couple of our guys, a couple of our fighters cornered him for, for this one. I told him, I'm like, look, guys, like it, it's gonna be as fighters, it's gonna be a great experience for you. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, because now you're going to have to start to think about other things. I said, and, and mm-hmm. this is one of those things that we've always tried within our own coaching staff here as we're working with the fighters is, uh, you know, if they, if they haven't fought, we try to get them to work a corner with us or to, to at least be at mm-hmm. a show, make the walk to the cage mm-hmm. a couple times before they mm-hmm. do some of their first fights. And I'm like, man, this is for you guys. I mean, this is a great learning experience that, uh, you know, cause now when you guys are there, you're, you're, you're going to have to really think about the fights, you know, when, uh, when you're there, I said, I said, as far as, as far as I'm concerned, it's only going to help you grow as a fighter by, by mm-hmm. doing these things. Um, yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. I always try to like get my guy. I, I try to, Every once in a while, I'll try to teach one of my guys how to wrap hands just in case I get caught in a jam and there's too, too many guys on a card that I can't and I can't handle it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah can you wrap his hands because I can't. I, there's four of you guys on this card. There's no way I'm going to pull this off. So I always try to do, do stuff like that just to kind of like not keep me so spread thin. Um, but uh, it's different when it comes to cornering because then they see how – they're trying to tell their teammate, Hey, you need to do this or keep your hands up and your chin down. And, da, 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 da. and then, and then they could, then at sometimes they'll tell you, Hey man, I don't know, man, this corner and things, it's a pain in the butt. 
Like, yeah. they just don't listen. You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, you see, that's why I'm yelling at you guys. Right. So that's why I'm, you know, trying to trying to tell you last minute instructions before you walk into the cage. Like, not to freak them out, but it's like, hey, man, focus on your breathing. Hands up, chin down. Remember the game plan. Get out there and have fun. Right. And then they get out there and they do none of that. And then it's crazy because one of their teammates will be like, man, coach, you're right. Like, it's tough. Like, it's right. They're not right. going to do they're not going to do what they want you to do. Like you have a joystick in your hand like it's a video game. It doesn't work like that, you know. And yeah. then the conversation from and then the conversations between the two of them is even funnier after because, you know, like I could think like so Dalton Hunter, I remember uh Dalton Hunter, he fought Joe. Did he fight? It was it was Rodriguez. That's one of your kids, Alex. And he fought. Uh, yeah. Okay, Alex. Yeah. So Dalton. Oh, no, no, no. Fought, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Uh, no, no. He fought. Yeah, he fought Joseph. Okay, he fought Joseph. Yeah, he so fought Joseph. He also fought. He also fought another one of your guys who was on. It was a combat night, and it was in Orlando. I can't remember his name. Short, little, stocky kid. Dwan. Um. Yes. Okay. So one of my other fighters helped corner with me. His name was Elijah, uh, Elijah Morales. And when the fight was over, me and Elijah both looked at each other and we were like, man, he didn't listen to a word that we said. <laughs> and well, <laughs> started laughing. Yeah. So it's like, that's just, that's just what it is. Like, but those are the moments that, you know, that's the moments that we all love, you know, it's cause we'll be able to giggle about that forever. When Dalton's around, it's like, just, he don't listen to us when he, when we, <laughs> when we corner him, he don't listen to us, you know? So amongst them, we're always like poking at him and, and jabbing at him about how he don't listen. So, yeah. so, but I, I try to get these guys involved. You know, I want them to be able to corner each other because, you know, I'm not going to be able to do this forever or I might not be able to make, I might not be able to make every show, you know, right. with, the, with the amount of fighters that I have running around and pros that are guys that are turning pro, I might have to go with some pros. And, and I may have accidentally said yes to a promoter where I have four or five amateurs on another show across the state. So I want these guys to, uh, I want the, I want my guys to have that experience. I'm never one of those guys that's like, no, I, I, if you're not, if I'm not there, you're not fighting. Like I'll let some amateurs, I'll I'll let some of my guys go and and corner, right. you know, some of the amateurs if it's a if it's a fight that's, you know, you know a fifty fifty fight, you know. Yeah, I've been I've been lucky enough so far. I mean, but part of it is is growth. I mean, when when we first started, you know, like when 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 my son started up through like his whole wrestling career and everything else, I've only missed, I think two events, uh, maybe three, in in his entire mm -hmm. wrestling career. Uh, for fights, obviously, I haven't missed any of his uh, his fights. And for our whole fight team, um, I only missed one event, and that was because I was I was personally competing in Las Vegas while they were competing mm -hmm. in Orlando. Um, gotcha. So, but yeah, you know, we put great game plans in play. I put people into good roles to, to fill some of those spots. I was communicating with uh, I had three fighters fighting that weekend still communicating with them even up to, you know, um, you know, just a couple hours before they, you know, they went into the cage. So, you know, everybody was, was firing, you know, I did, uh, I've done hand wrapping seminars within the gym, you know, so that, oh, that's uh, awesome. my son yeah, knows yeah, how yeah. to wrap hands, uh, a couple others in the gym know how to wrap hands. Um, and they know how to wrap my way, uh, my ways right, right. than, uh, than some of the others. And I, I always feel that consistency is a major thing. Some people will call it superstition, um, I disagree. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, when that, when that mm -hmm. batter comes up to the, to the plate and you see him tapping, you know, that bat 
on their cleat or maybe they take some practice mm-hmm. swings or whatever. They're like, oh, that's superstitious. Like, no, mm-hmm. no, no. They're, it, it's a recentering and it's a refocus. They're, they're just trying to bring it back to a consistency before they go mm-hmm. do their work. I'm like, yeah. So, so like I, that's the one part I have protected. I've been to a couple events, uh, even some big ones where, you know, they were like, all right, so you're going to bring your fighter down to the cage and then we're going to do X, Y, and Z. And I looked at them and I go, excuse me. And they're like, oh, um, oh yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're going to, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. I'm like, is that a requirement? I'm like, cause I don't, I don't, uh, any rules. Um, I'm like, I get it. I'm like, so unless you're telling me that I can't, then I will be, you know, I will be wrapping my right. fighter. I will be right. putting gasoline right. on them before they go in. I will be right. the last one until they see the referee going in. Now, every once in a while you get to an event where, you know, where unfortunately like PFL didn't let me put the, the Vaseline on, uh, on Christian. They, they, they did it there, but that was, uh, that was a requirement within the organization, right. but all the right, others, right, right. I was like, Nope. You know, like, like they, the guy yeah, that came I... in, you know, uh, when, mm-hmm. at the UFC, you know, Christian comes in and I'm talking with the, uh, the UFC guys and everything else. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, is, you know, I, cause they had their guy come in and he was wrapping hands and everything else. And I told him, I said, I said, is there a requirement? that you have to wrap their hands. And they're like, yeah, no, no, there's no requirement. I said, good, because I came prepared and today's not the day to do something new. Ah, I get it. Yeah. I like that. I like, I was just, that, that FAC show was kind of, what was it? it was, they had a guy back, they had two guys in each locker room wrapping hands and I was like, nah, I got my guy. And they're like, you sure? Right. I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Yep. They're like, we're here, we can do it for you. And I'm like, I got it. And then he wanted me to anyway. It's just like it's kind of like an experience, you know what I mean? We get to talk yeah. and and it, it's well, and again, yeah, it's because because you know? I'm I'm sitting in front of the fighter and we're wrapping hands and we're talking. I mean, this is this is your armor getting put on in that moment. I mean, this is this is the mm-hmm. time period for some of the fighters, especially if it's their debut. <clears throat> this is mm-hmm. when it gets real. I mean, yeah. when, yeah. when those hand wraps start to go on, you can see a demeanor yep. shift in their behavior. Um, yeah you know and then yep. at the same time if if you wrap hands a certain way and you know that your fighter likes things a certain way and now you hand off to somebody else and that uh-huh. somebody else who doesn't know your fighter at all wraps hands all of a sudden your fighter could be like my hands are going numb why and now they're right. worried about their hands not not worried about the fight i yeah no, i get that are you there? Yeah. Hello? Hello? Okay. I yep, thought I lost you for a second. Yeah, no, you know, it was, um, I see that too, as far as like the demeanor, because that puts me in a position to figure out what it is I might need to say or not say yes. when it comes to talking with them and seeing what, where they're at mentally, because I know all my guys, I know, I know what they, I know what they need to hear. And I know what they don't. Sometimes I got to tell guys to get out of the locker room. Like, yo, he's focused. His headphones yes. are in for a reason. Leave him alone. I don't need all you guys in here. Go, go out into the crowd. Or, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm annoyed with promotions that are allowing more people into the locker rooms than, uh, than should be. Because I don't, the last thing I want is for one of my guys to, <clears throat> while I'm wrapping his hands, 
you know, two or three of his buddies from high school come up and be like, you're going to kick his, kick his ass. And right, I, gotta, yeah. I, I have to say something, you know, I've got to say something like, yeah, well, man, you, you got to give, give us a little while. We'll see you guys after the fight. And that's, that's a, a, a pivotal moment when it comes to getting ready to go out there because I can, I can tell, I can tell how they're acting. If they're in a good mood and there's, you know, sometimes that's a bad thing for some, some of my guys. I like, when, when one of my guys tell me they're nervous, I'm happy. I'm like, oh, man, it means he cares. Right. It means right. he cares. It means he's, 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 he's dialed in. He's, he's ner- he, worked, he, he worked his butt off, and, and he wants to win this fight, and he cares about the outcome of it, and, and he's, he's going through scenarios in his head. I want, I, want one, I want my guys to say that they're nervous, and that's the only way I'm going to pick up on that, you know, is when we're sitting there face-to-face, eye-to-eye, I'm touching his hands, with right. two with my two hands and I'm able to talk to them and see where they're at and um or or not talk to them or leave them alone you know so um I I I prefer wrapping my guys hands to be honest oh, absolutely yeah for sure Vaseline sometimes I can't get away with like they're like no nah, I got we got this we do this I don't know maybe it's it's a uh it's it's a a content thing for them yeah. you know maybe well maybe like I said yeah it was uh Contender series and PFL. Those are the only two I haven't been able to put the Vaseline on, uh, on Christian. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. What's that like for you having a son that's fighting at that level? Uh, well, I mean, it, it's one of those things. I mean, he, he grew up watching me competing and the like, and then um, see, I never, I never pushed him in. Um, I wanted him to train, um, never, right. never pushed him into fighting or anything else. Um, but definitely, I mean, I was taking him to fights when he was pretty young. Um, and then when he expressed an interest to fight, he, he was, he was pretty young. He did his first like pancreation style match. I think when he was about 10 years old. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, some, somewhere in there. And then he did a lot of yeah, jujitsu yeah, yeah. and then wrestling and, and then when he decided that it was time to move forward, I don't know. It just, it felt like, uh, uh, just a natural progression. Um, yeah. Now, now granted, I mean, I, I, I get nervous for any of my fighters. Um, right. You know, it's, it's kind of one of those things. It's weird. It's, I, I'm not so sure I'm nervous for them. I'm, I'm always that guy that's sitting there going, you know, I'm analyzing it beforehand. Did I do mm-hmm. enough? Did I mm-hmm. do my job? Did did mm-hmm. I let him down? Did you know? Mm-hmm. And then did you did you say yes to the right fight? You know <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, and yeah. so I, and so that that's kind of what what goes through my mind. Um, mm-hmm. And then with with Christian fighting, you know, because uh, actually I, I I cornered one fight with uh, with Christian where uh, Julian from uh, Fusion Excel was uh, was cornered mm-hmm. with me and i remember at mm-hmm. one point in time julian it was like the day before the fight he goes because we were we were staying in the hotel together and he's like he's like man what's that like cornering your son he's like can you do you feel like you can separate between dad and coach and mm-hmm. so christian's fighting this one fight this was uh i think it was icon in biloxi mississippi and mm-hmm. I, I think I caught uh, Julian a little bit off guard because um, uh, I was I was the primary and then Julian was acting as uh, secondary and 
I sat Christian down mm-hmm. in between second and third rounds. I looked him in the eye and I was like, knock off that showboating shit. Uh-huh. I said, you're just going for highlight reel finishes and things of that nature. So you need to get mm-hmm. back down the basics, do blah, blah, blah. And, and uh, at that moment, I think, I think Julian was like, you know, Hey, yeah. I mean, like when, yeah, when, it's, show, when, it's, show, when it's show time, dad's gone. I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, I get it. I understand that. I, I, my, both of my sons have fought. Well, my, my youngest son has fought. He did like a, a teenage type thing where they put the little headgear on him and they fought MMA and can punch to the body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my, my oldest son has done, he fought three times um, as an adult at 125 pounds. And, and I can't, I'm, I'm losing it. I can't even <laughs> lie to you. Like it, it'd be, I'd be in a situation where like I'd have to look at other, other coaches around that are apart and be like, you got to go, just go corner him because I, I had him when I was 17. So it's like, I just, I don't think I could, I don't think I can pull it off. Like I could train him whole pass for him. Get, and luckily he doesn't fight anymore. I can't even get him to train or do anything. And he oh, was wow. good, but he just, yeah, but I put him, man, I, it was one of those things that he was five years old and I was bringing him to the gym. I was, I was the, I was the kid's instructor. I was the program director and I was putting a gi on him to take class at five years old. So he's 22 now. And I'm like, man, <laughs> just, he's like, how's the gym? I'm like, shut up. Well, and yeah. Just come train. And he's like, yeah, like just come train. And he's like, nah, I'm good. Um, but my, my youngest son's a gym rat. He's always in the gym, but I just remember the three times that I had to bring, that I had to walk him. Um, I had to walk him to the cage and watch him fight. And I was like on the verge of, full-blown panic attack i'm like it was right there and i'm thinking to myself what breathing exercise do i need to do to get me through this because it was just there's nothing that i can do when he gets in there (laughs) so it was like i'm not one of those i don't think i can separate it i can do it for my own guys but when it comes to my own i I can't i can't watch yeah well i got i got i got pretty lucky um that uh because like i said uh i started off where I was the competitor and when Christian was, was really young, um, you know, he and my wife would be at the, at the events. And so he would, he would be kind of coaching me when he was young or, or thinking he's coaching. Right. Me. Right. Right. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, that's and cool. then, then we started up our own gym and then, so now he started to become a, a, a bigger fixture within the environment, you know, kind of acted as the head of our, of our youth program, you know, cause a lot of his friends were coming in and right. So then, you know, it's one of those where when uh, uh, at one point in time, I think Christian was playing soccer. Um, I, and it still sticks in, in my head to this day. He was pretty young. He pulled me aside and he told me how to coach. Him. You know, he was, he was like, dad, he goes, can you tone it down? I'm like, what do you mean? Oh, wow. And he's like, and he starts telling me, I'm like, I'm like, dude, man, I'm like, all I ever yell as positive stuff. And he goes, yeah, he uh-huh. goes, but it's the way it's your voice. It makes it sound like you're getting after me. And so right, 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 I, right. it changed my whole coaching of him from, from that point on out. Um, and he was right. pretty young at this point. He's probably like eight years old, maybe, right. you know, maybe nine when, when, you know, when, when we had a sit down about, yeah, which I mean, I mean, think about, I mean, how many kids at that age feel comfortable enough to sit their dad down and say, 
you know, that the way I was encouraging him was actually not encouragement that right. he was taking it as a negative. He was taking it as like, I was getting yeah. after him, even though I'm yelling, great job. I'm yelling things of that nature, you know, but uh, I mean, my, my voice carries and. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and at I, times. Yeah, it, I, I mean, in fact, like looking back at it now, it was like a good problem to have. Yeah. Having somebody who a kid, a kid of that age to to be able to communicate that to you is pretty cool because I remember talking with my kids and and me saying, "Hey man, you got to just or if they're they're going up to the plate, if we were playing, if they were doing baseball at the time or or nagas or or whatever it, whatever it was," and me telling them to do something and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," with no eye contact, and I'm like, "No man, hey, listen to me. You have to do A, B, and C," and they're like, "Okay." And it doesn't happen. But if their coach or someone else said it and then they listened and I'm like, oh, you just don't want to hear it from dad. Like yeah, you don't exactly. want to hear it from dad. You'll hear it from your coach. I'm like, oh, okay. I see what's going on here. But um, now they think they grew out of it. Now I'm like, hey, you need to do this. And they're like, all right, dad, I got you. You know, but there, I just, I remember that. Uh, I remember dealing with that when it came a lot to baseball, when there were baseball kids too. So it would be uh they would listen to their coach i mean honestly the coach probably knew better than i did anyways but um that was a thing but for him to be able to tell you that back then is kind of cool oh and you could you you could tell him as dad you could tell him something 50 times and then Uh coach tells him once and they're like oh man that was such amazing advice (laughs) yes yeah it's the truth bro i get it a hundred percent i i deal with that a little bit here and there still to this day well and so it, it, it kind of changed again it changed my whole coaching style from that point on out mm-hmm. um you know i uh i put a couple posts out over the years basically saying i mean that as a coach when you realize that your message isn't getting through okay you got two choices you can either push harder which probably isn't going to work or change mm-hmm. the message or change the messenger um mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of times, as I tell people in the gym, you know, like somebody will go through and they'll be like, oh, man, yeah, it was cool. You know, so-and-so came up to me and said that uh, I should do this, this, and this. And then me and the me and the one dude are kind of sitting there, you know, giving a little nod back and forth. Because what the fighter doesn't see is that five minutes earlier, I walked over, whispered into that person's ear and said, mm-hmm. hey, you know. So and so, if you can, go tell him, ex- you know, mm-hmm. whatever. You know, yeah, like, no doubt. Yeah, no, that's definitely a trick of the trade. To be honest, it it is. I've been in I've been in so many back rooms uh, for even in boxing and MMA, and it's that's a thing. That's definitely a thing. Just, you know, sometimes they don't want to hear it from someone. Sometimes they don't want to hear it from one person, but they'll listen to the yes. other. You know, yeah. so I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Part, part, part of it is, is, is reading the room, seeing, seeing who's got their ear at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then like I said, now the hard part is you can't let them see you. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. 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 No, I hear you. I, I, um, I, I have a, uh, the, the way that it works out in, in my area is there's not really like 
one specific mixed martial arts gym right now. There's there's a jujitsu gym and there's a uh, boxing place and there's a kickboxing place and there's a there's a jujitsu gym that that's right around the corner from my house that I teach kickboxing. So there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen right now when it comes to like all of my guys because we're not like centrally located in one spot. I I let I not that I let I encourage them to go and train other places because it's dangerous. This is the sport's dangerous and I'm okay with them going out and working with this boxing coach once a week. My ego isn't involved when it comes to this. I am okay with them going to do jujitsu or, or go to the high school to wrestle. It's all good with me because at the end of the day, like it's them inside of a cage locked in there with another dude. So sometimes I get hit with these scenarios where there'll be other coaches that I'm not super familiar with, or I don't know all that well. But I know that they've been working with once a week, but they want to jump in the corner with us. And it could be a kid that I've been that I've known for 10 years, you know, so it's like I've got to give up a little bit just to make them better because I've got 20 or 30 guys around me that I'm trying to lead and and kind of send in the right direction and also keep them out of trouble and life coach them at the same time and you know, some of them have been around me and taking my classes or, or like I'm in my backyard right now and I have a cage. I have my cage set up, my cage from my show, Rise of Warriors, set up in my backyard. <laughs> and all of all of my guys in the area know they're like, hey, man, we'll build, we have a group chat. And it's, you know, seven o'clock every night I could look out there and I've got guys in my backyard. Nice. So but these are I wouldn't do that with just I wouldn't do that with just anyone. These are these are guys that like I've known since. You know, Corey Pavo, I've known since a lot of these kids I've known since they were, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old. They're all, you know, in their late 20s, early 30s now, and they're still trying to fight and, and, and become pros and, and do this. So um, I'm just all the way involved with the sport in general, with this area. I'm just trying to get everybody more and more involved with MMA. Well, anyways, I'm circle back. So I end up with in the corner with coaches that I don't even really know. And I'm like, what is he telling them? what is he saying? What is, what is this? You know? So I get, I get hit with that sometimes where I have to like take a deep breath and just kind of like let things happen the way that they happen, you know, and, and just be, be a part of the journey with some of these guys. Yeah. So we, we typically have a corners meeting, um, you know, usually either day of um, or the Mm -hmm. like, so that whomever is going to be cornering, yeah, mm-hmm. some some events you get three, some events you only get two, some events yeah, yeah, you yeah. get three, but two can go in the cage. It's it's always different, you know, at every event. But our coaching dynamic, you know, as we tell people, we say, look, this is the way it works. There's only one voice in this corner. Right. You can't have three people yelling yeah. at at the fighter. So yeah. So that's why we have our we have our our corners meeting. And we tell him, we say, okay, look, the voice, like, so typically Christian and I corner the fighters and I let Christian be that voice. Um, but I say, so I say, so if anything that I want to get out there, so Christian and I are kind of chatting back and forth in the corner and then he'll throw stuff out to the fighter. We're like, that way the fighter's only listening for one voice. I'm like, then if I yell something, if I, if my mm-hmm. voice goes out there, it's only to reinforce what he says. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's only mm-hmm. to then encourage, you know? Yeah, no, I get it. You know, I get it. I've point. been in, yeah, I've been in situations where like, 
I'd have, I'd be, I'd be the coach in the corner and then it'd be, uh, one of my kids who worked with a boxing coach locally who I, who I don't know all that well or, or whatever. And I'd be saying, sprawl, sprawl. And the dude who's a boxing coach would be like, do the kick out, do the kick out. And I'm like, sprawl, wait, hold on, man. Stop, stop, stop. Right, right. Sprawl, sprawl. And then this dude's like, kick, do the kick out, do the kick out. And I'm like, man, stop. Stop, 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 stop. I got this. I'll do this part. I'll do this part. You right. can talk when they're standing. When they're standing, you can talk. Like, oh, no. So I, that, that, that's a true story. Like, that has happened to me before. And probably years ago, five, six yeah. years ago or more. And, and I've had to, like, tone that down and talk to some of my guys. About, All right, man, if you're going over to that boxing gym, like, it's a little different when we go to MMA. Like, I got to – whoever this cat is, I've got to, you know, either either you're going to say it or I'm going to say it. That, like, when it, in the, when when the fight is happening and certain situations are, are going on, I'm going to be talking. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be saying – I might tell your guy not to say a word just because I know you don't want to hear chatter right. from the corner. Like, you're one of those guys that like to just figure it out while you're out there and you don't want to hear me yelling at you or anything. Right. I have guys like that, you know. So, I mean, that's a thing too. So – um, I've definitely, <laughs> definitely been in positions where it was very strange. Well, then we're, we're also not, not, uh, cause you, you, you've seen some where like literally the corners don't, I don't think they breathe. Um, I mean, they're, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, from the moment the bell, I mean, even before the bell rings, um, I mean, I think sometimes they think they're playing a video game, like, you know, like they 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 gotta they they gotta try to manipulate every every motion that the fighter does. Um, you know, and yeah, so, I know. Yeah, no, I know. I get it. Yeah, like those, they, those, they those are always interesting I, to me. Yeah, it's almost like sometimes I get I get the uh, I get the feeling like sometimes when guys aren't all in like we are, and then they jump into corner and do something, and then they're like they're chasing that like I, what I told you it worked or why didn't you do what I told you to do like that whole thing I don't I don't have that conversation afterwards I don't do no. that like I don't yeah Actually, I don't I like think, it I, I think there's more more real value in coaching post fight absolutely pre fight absolutely especially absolutely. especially in a loss um for sure. we, we really, like, I've kicked people out of our locker room after a fight because they want to come in and start telling the woulda, coulda, shoulda. Uh-huh. The fighter's already in their own head. They're, I mean, they, they, they mm-hmm. just lost. They're already in their own head and everything else. And so we, we tell people, we're like, look, we're, we're, we're not going to analyze performance today. Right. You know, right now, I mean, the fighters already going to be going through enough in their own head, you know, know, knowing opportunities that may have come and went during the fight, things that they they feel that they would have done better. They don't need six other people coming up to them and, you know, reinforcing that negativity. And so, I mean, yeah. I've, I've, I've kicked people out of the corner, out of the back, you know, when the fighter's mm-hmm. sitting there. So most of, most of the conversations we have I mean, aren't, especially immediately after the fight in those immediate motions after the fight, you know, we're, mm-hmm. I, I think there's, I think there's a lot of really good, valuable coaching that has nothing to do with how to throw a punch. 
that happens right. in that moment. A hundred percent. I agree completely. I, I just seen that. I just seen that this weekend too. There was a, a fighter that was bummed out after a loss and he was, it was because of this. It was because of that. And because of this and his coach wasn't around. And I was like, but what, what is like, what do you, I felt the need to just kind of chit chat with the guy. And I said, well, how, what are you going to do to change that? Like, what are you going to, what are you going to fix? Like, I don't know. It was the wake up. It was this, it was, it was the coaching. I don't, I was bouncing around between gyms. I don't know. I was like, well, you, you need to remember this for next time. Yeah, no, I know. And I said, if you, if you really want to do this, you need to, you, you should maybe start a log. Said, what do you mean start a log? And I, I said, get it, get a notebook or use your notes in your phone and, and was it fight week? Was it just fight week was a problem? Was it the whole camp? Like start, give yourself something to go back and read about yourself so you don't forget it because you're going to get back in the hustle and bustle of life. You're going to go back to where you're from, your hometown. If you're going to take a fight again, you're going to get right back in the grind of a, of a fight camp. Right now, it's fresh in your head. You're thinking right. about it right now. Put it in your phone right now. What was it? Was it the weight cut? Did you start too late? Did you not water load? Did you not grapple? Like, and then right, start putting in your notes two things that you could have done in your own personal life to make your camp better or, or put the certain – if you needed to have different people around you for this fight or did you bring the wrong coach for you? What, did the weight cut suck? Like how did you right. sleep last night? Put all of these things in. What else are you going to do? You're going to play video games? You have time for this. And he's like, yeah, no, you're right. I've never even thought about that. I was like, you've never used a log or a journal. I was like, I try to right. tell a lot of my guys to do that, especially this day and age. Everybody's so scattered brain. They got a thousand things going on. Take 15, 20 minutes, figure out what it was. What are the things, yeah. even if you won the fight still, even if you won the fight, still log it, still log it. Well, because then you can go back and look, okay, I fought in another town. Yeah. You can reference, you can, you could use something as a point of reference and go back right. and read about the fight that you had that was 10 hours away and now you're fighting again and you're 12 hours away. What was it like for you? What were the issues? Were you not able to get food? Did you just you have a journal, have a journal for your right. fights and, and it'll give you something to look back on so you can change things. And he, yeah. Hopefully he takes, hopefully he, he takes my advice because he seemed like a good kid, but that's a thing. Like I always tell these guys after a loss, when I, the, when I feel like the moment's right or if I feel like one of my guys needs something like that, I suggest that as a tool for them to get better and, uh, you know, and have, have something to, yeah. to go off of, not just going off well, there and going out there winging it, you know? And that's one of those things that's very different. We were talking about this last night that, so when you work a regular job and you clock out and you go home, okay, you're off the clock. A right. fighter, a fighter who really wants to do this, there is no such thing as off the clock. There is no such uh, thing as work life balance because it's all connected. You know, you don't go, well, I'm off the clock. So right now eating this meal doesn't, you know, doesn't affect what I do when I'm on the clock. It's like the fighter's always on the clock. Everything that they do every day affects what's about to happen. You know, it may mm -hmm. not, you may not feel its results today, but it may be during that right. weight cut, maybe leading up to that. Right. Weight cut. It may be, right. you know, like I said, so, and that's where some of these, some of the individuals when they're, when they're, when they're in the fight game, um, I don't think sometimes they really correlate that together that mm -hmm. I mean, there, there, there is no time off. 
It's, mm-hmm. you know, if you're, if you're fighting in six weeks, every minute of every day needs to be a step forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't, you, yeah, you no, can't afford, uh, you know, when, when I was working my other job, I could clock out, go home and leave that place behind. Knowing right. that when I wake up tomorrow, I'm going to go back at it, it but, but for this four hours that nothing I do right now in this four hours affects my performance tomorrow. But as right. a fighter, everything yeah. you do in this moment yep. affects your performance. It's true. It's, it's right down. It's honestly right down to the car ride to the venue because yes. I've had guys. This was this, one of the strangest things that I've seen happen was um, I had a kid here locally who fought on would fight for me. And he was brought to the venue by a buddy and the, and the dude had stick shift and he's never been in a car where that was stick shift and the forward and backward motion of the stopping made him nauseous and oh, he wow. couldn't shake the nausea he couldn't shake the nausea and um it affected his fight he had affected right. his fight he he didn't want to fight he was nauseous you saw it in his eyes he's had five or six fights before previously he was never one of those kids that wanted to pull out he did it anyways and you saw it in his face and i was like what is your deal what's going on with you he's like my buddy drove me here and he had stick shift and this, the back and forth motion of the, of right. that just at my, my stomach hasn't been right ever since. I'm like, you sure it's nothing that you ate? You sure? It's like, I did everything. I wrestled in high school. I've done everything right. I, my weight cut was fine. Everything. I just, I've never been in stick. I've never been in a car with stick shift. So like just little things like that can affect your fight a hundred percent. Cause I believe him and I know this kid and he's not a liar and he's fought three or four times since. And he, that was a thing. Um, so if it comes down to little things like transportation to the venue, it could be anything. It could be anything. Yeah. Well, like we, we had a guy that uh, uh, just fought on the uh, combat night card over the, uh, yeah. uh, and he took the fight with a uh, less than or right at about a 24 hour notice um, at weigh in. Right, right, right. They, they needed somebody to fill in because one fighter missed weight so badly that. Right that the fight was off. So they were looking for a fill in and we're like, uh, well, we got a guy. And so we contacted him. He's like, sure, I'll take it. And then, so that's, uh, that's Friday night. So on Friday night, he's like, Hey guys. Um, he's like, you know, it's, it's been a while, you know, I just need to shake it out a little bit. Does anybody want to get in a little bit of sparring, um, on Saturday morning? So, Mm -hmm. so he, uh, so he goes with Christian, um, down to, uh, down to fusion, just, you know, got, got a quick little shake out in the morning. Um, mm-hmm. and, but for him, that was everything he needed. I mean, and so wow. Mitch, Mitch, Mitchell's yeah. on the broadcast going, I was shocked to see him sparring oh, wow. the morning of the fight. And we're like, we're like, we knew this was exactly what he needed. Um, cause he yeah. wasn't in fight camp. I mean, he wasn't in fight camp. He, he just, you know, opportunity came up and he's, he's one of those game guys. And, and he's like, yeah, he goes, yeah. I'll take it. But, you know, I just need to get a little, you know, get a little, you know, shake that rust off a little bit. And uh, so yeah. for us, because we knew, we, we knew our fighter and we, we knew him as a person and everything else. We knew that, you know, if, if he could get in a few movement rounds and everything else in the morning and, uh, and, and I hate to say it, but even get touched up a little bit, um, you know, not, not hit hard but right but just to get get gut you know get touched a little bit 
that we knew his performance Saturday night would be way better. And it was, um, he, had, he ends up winning his match. And, uh, but yeah, Mitchell's like, man, he's like, I was shocked when I saw That's him scoring cool. Saturday morning. That's super cool. As I, yeah. but, I, again, love, I, I love that. But that's where knowing your fighter plays. Yep, 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 yep. Because for him, like I said, for him, that was exactly what he needed. He, he needed yeah. to get a quick, quick little shakeout. Um, you know, he wasn't uh, he wasn't doing anything that was going to get him hurt or injured or I mean, but shit happens. Shit always happens. You can't you can play it safe that morning and still something can happen. I mean, for so. sure. Yeah, no, 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 I get it. I get it. Imagine how he would have felt if he didn't get that in. If he didn't exactly, you know, if he didn't, uh, you know, it could have it could have changed everything. I remember like I remember hearing things about Robbie Lawler that say that he doesn't even like warm up. He just goes out there and fights. Like they wrap right. his hands and he goes and he right. looks at the first round like it's his warm up fight. Like. Oh, that'd be so nerve wracking for me as a coach because I'd want to see I would want to see my guy moving around and hitting pads and and rolling right. around a little, just doing something. But if that that was his after so many years of fighting, he's a veteran, and that's just how he wanted to approach his his fight. And wow, like that's that just seems crazy to me. But it it worked yeah. for him all those years. Right. You know, so many different aspects of the way that he's good. Yeah, now, 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 would that have been a preferred method for us? You know, heck no. But we also didn't think yeah, we went yeah. to the fight with a 24-hour notice. Um, you know, and ultimately at the end, it's another thing I've got out there, you know, and it's, it's a saying that a lot of people have said. I mean, uh, the, 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 it's a thin line between genius and madness. And and unfortunately speaking, <laughs> yeah, you know, no, you, yeah, you nailed it with that. Well, and unfortunately, the, the, the only thing that defines one versus the other is success. That's it. If a guy goes out mm -hmm. and he takes that chance and he, and he's successful, they think he's a genius. If he goes out and he fails, mm -hmm. they think he's an idiot. I mean, you know, yep. that's but uh, you know that that's always kind of been that defining factor that uh, that people have yep. looked at is is did it yeah, pay no, off? I understand. Yeah, if it pays off, it's yep. amazing. I, yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's so, if people truth. are looking for information on some of your new shows, uh, what's your uh, what's your social media that they can go check you guys out at? Well, Instagram is uh, is uh, Rise of a Warrior. We're gonna start pumping some stuff out for July sixteenth. I have that that date coming up, and then I'm doing a, another one in in November. And I'm not really sure what the date is on that. So I think it's the weekend before Thanksgiving. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. So then I have uh, Daniel Donaldson underscore MMA on Instagram and I'm on Facebook. I'm all over the place. I just started a TikTok. I saw you guys have TikTok. Yeah, you guys I, just, do I told your son, I told your son, I said, I messaged him. I said, man, you guys do a great job with TikTok. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> he's like, I don't know. That's don't my know. wife. My wife does all that. Your wife? Yeah. It's, yeah. Man, it's cool. Like I, I, I don't know enough yet to, to, uh, to get going on it, but I'm trying, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to, film content and things that are going on with us but eventually i'll 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 figure it out i i hope i hope that social media doesn't go in that direction full force i'm like i kind of like facebook but uh it seems like it's going that way every time i turn around somebody else has added me on there and i'm like is that where yeah. we're headed is tiktok where we're headed so yeah, I, uh, I just created cool. a tiktok account for myself so we'll uh yeah or I should say more like a dark wolf, you know, page two. So. Right, 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 right. Yeah, no, I get it. 
Um, but yeah, that's it. I got Rise of Warriors coming up um, this weekend. I got guys out of Mitchell's guys a part of some show that's going on on Friday night, and then there's combat night Saturday night. So this weekend I'll be down both nights with guys um, this weekend coming up, and then the, the week after that we have WCFL in Tampa. I've got a couple guys on that card. Nice. So I have every weekend I've got something something going on. But yeah, but Rise of Warrior in general, I'm doing. I I usually stick to March, July, and November every year. Uh, those are my nice. those are my hot months or in this area um but i'd love to have you guys uh come back on maybe November yeah we're definitely looking like we were actually just talking last night so uh yeah got, that's cool we got yeah that's cool ready yeah that's what's up yeah like we all we were we all work together behind the scenes combat night and myself we're always trying to help each other and 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 um promote each other's stuff so it's cool so um, yeah, I appreciate the, I appreciate you guys having me on. It was fun. I didn't know awesome, how. Man. I, was, yeah, I appreciate we did. it as well. Yeah, for sure, man. I'll, next time we'll do Zoom. I'll show you guys my backyard. And I'll have these guys back here beating each other up on Zoom oh, for you guys. There we go. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. I appreciate awesome, you having man. me on. Appreciate Thank it. You. All right, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Submission Coalition podcast. Follow, like, and subscribe us on your favorite platform to make sure you don't miss out on any of our newest interviews. And be sure to check out our back catalog of incredible guests. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram and keep your eye out for our YouTube channel coming soon. Special thanks to our sponsors, Pretty Dangerous Women's Jiu-Jitsu, Cards Against Consciousness, the first jiu-jitsu training card game of its kind that we know of. Special shout out to Dark Wolf MMA, and all of our fellow werewolves for your support. And last but not least, we've got merch coming out soon so you can proudly represent that you're a member of the coalition. And remember, there are no jazz hands in jiu-jitsu, only spirit fingers. See ya. (laughs)